as time goes on, my patience for bullshit goes down. Um, my patience for kids have gone up and my general patience has gone up, but my patience for bullshit has gone down precipitously. <laughs> right. So I mean, and, and I get that. I get that. The older you get, the less tolerance you have for, for stupidity and bullshit. You know? Yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. How's your so, week, uh, though? Um, actually, man, um, I've been dealing with this cold. I had the uh, corona test, and, you know, that came back negative. Um, my wife, she gets her test every week because she's a nurse. And, uh, but it was a scare, you know, because uh, one day I was fine. I mean, everything was good. I got my 10,000 steps in, and, you know, and then the next moment, you know, my nose is running. I'm coughing to the point of headaches and chest pain. And um, so I'm like, ah, shit. You know, and I'm real careful because I mask up everywhere I go. You know, yeah. I'm one of them cats that will, you know, and I even have a a, a box of gloves that I keep in, in my truck, you know. So yeah, you're real with I, it. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I go around your grandparents and I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just take extra precautions. But uh, it just hit me all of a sudden. And, you know, it turns out it was just a cold. And I don't get sick too often. Not like common cold sick. So yeah, that's why it threw me for the loop. So excuse me if you hear me cough. I've been force feeding myself cough drops and stuff like that. So, but um, yeah, but other than that, man, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty productive week. Just, you know, kind of. Stepping back, taking a look, seeing what's going on with the world, testing the vibes and everything, um, trying to make sure that uh, everyone in my immediate area is safe, you know, right. because of the craziness that is America. Yeah, so I guess that's our signal. Okay, everyone, welcome into Dopio. I'm Dante. I'm Daniel. And we are your Dopio duo here to give you a double shot of what you need to wake up. And man, if you are not awake yet, boy, are we gonna wake you up this time. Oh my God. So I, I've been looking forward to this. I'm sorry that we've been gone for so long. Well, how are you, my Dopio father? I'm doing well, my Dopio son. How about yourself? I'm good and I'm ready to go. Let's let's All let's right. dispense with the pretenses and Man, get and get to business. So let's start with before the election. So before the election, like we both had our our feelings about things. So I want you to go first. How mm. were you feeling leading up to election? What were your predictions leading into the election? And let's stop right there. Just the predictions and how you felt leading up to it. Okay. All right, my prediction was I felt like Trump would probably pull it off. I felt mm. just looking at the way the country is going and way everything, I just figured that by hook or by crook, he was going to pull it off. You know, uh. and in light of everything that's going on, by crook is still in play. Um, my feelings um, kind of ran the gamut between you know, um, apathy and, um, and I'm going to say fear because if he, if he was to win, I'm looking at the, uh, coronavirus and the health and welfare of the people of this country of America. Um, 
and how blatantly he disregards what's going on, you know, his ignorance and um, his deaf ear to science. So if I had to come, and I say apathy, because I'm looking at it from the black community, and we can address this in a later show, um, is it really going to affect us who's in the White House on a, on a, on a macro scale? You know, is it, is it going to, is it going to change what's being done, you know, immediately or will we see anything? So, you know, apathy, fear, and Trump would be my answer to your question. What about okay. you, sir? At, like, that's a, I mean, that's a well, uh, like good roundup, like apathy, fear, and Trump. Um, that might be a book. Um, uh, okay, so my leading up, I, was, I wasn't enthusiastic about this election, um, admittedly. Um, and for those of you who know, the candidate that I thought would be best served to be president, who, would be, who was best qualified to be president, who would have best helped the people to by being president, uh, did not win um, the primary due to our dear Barack Obama. Um, and I have feelings about that. Um, and so leading its election, I was less than enthused. And I was also less than enthused because like I could read the tea leaves. And for the same reasons, like I had a lot of fear and trepidation going into this election with this particular candidate because character is not something that people should run on, especially when your character is mixed in with bad policy. So your who you are is what you have done. And if you haven't done anything, then you are a do nothing person and running on it being a do nothing person. And I'm gonna get you guys back to doing nothing as opposed to doing bad things. You know, people like proactivity. And even if you fail, they like proactivity. So leading up to the election, I was afraid because the, the reason why Trump got elected, I kept thinking about this over and over and over again. I kept thinking about the fact that the reason why Trump got elected is because people were tired of regular politicians saying stuff and doing nothing. And so as we're leading up to election, I'm not hearing anything from Biden. I'm hearing things from Bernie and I'm hearing things from Kamala and I'm hearing things from, from surrogates to Biden, but I'm not hearing Biden saying what he's doing. And then the last week came and like Infinity Wars and Black Panther walking out of the portal, rest in peace, uh, Chadwick Boseman, like Barack Obama comes up and he's like, you know, like he's screaming that, you know, we're going to do this. And I thought to myself, wow, this is familiar. This is what he did for Hillary. Hillary lost. And I got this this feeling in my gut that said, this is going to be very, very close. This is going to be stupidly close and I'm going to be upset. So if I had to round up what I, what my feelings were going into it in a book title, like you did, uh -huh. it would, it would be the sum of all fears. Good. I like that. I like that. And, um, that is definitely apt. And I'm not going to spend too much time going back over everything that you said, because you said quite a bit. And we have debated over the past year or so, you know, your stance versus my stance, progressive versus liberal, 
and so on and so forth. But there's three points that I um, that I wrote down that I wanted to kind of hit real quick. Is you said um, um, a do nothing person talking about Biden um, and him not saying anything leading up to the election. Um, my my thing about I think him not saying anything, and this is just personal opinion. I have no no um, facts to back this up, but I think that was more of a strategy because Biden is a gaffer. You know, sometimes less said is better. So I don't I don't I don't really um, account him being a do nothing person in regards to him not saying anything. But I know that you mean do nothing as his track record over the years. Um, yes. And the thing about Obama coming out of the portal, um, the difference between Hillary and, and Biden is that Hillary wasn't very likable, even as a female. And I don't, and I'm not trying to piss yeah. anybody off out there. No, you're, you're right. You're right about that. She was not very likable. Um, Biden seems like that, that goofy uncle, you know, um, uh, that next door neighbor who passes out the good candy, you know. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he strikes me as that type of dude, you know, um, versus Hillary, you know, get the hell off my line, you know, um, you know, clinching yeah. a person on the elevator. That's what I yeah. get from him. And um, as far as being stupidly close, I mean, I think that was pretty much a given, in my opinion, because this country is so divided. I mean, if the months, if the coronavirus the um, the protests, all the events leading up to November third didn't tell us anything. Is that this country is split down the middle? So why shouldn't our election be that way? I mean, you had people say, "Let's wear a mask." Let's not wear a mask. You had people wanting to praise our governors, then you had people who wanted to kidnap our governors. You had people who wanted to praise the police, and you had people who wanted to actually do harm to the police. I mean, we are a hot and cold, not lukewarm country. You're right. You're right. But um, I still thought to myself that this election didn't have to be close. If this was an election of actual policy as opposed to character, like, and I, I have some case studies about this when we get into the results of the election. But if I, I always thought, I always thought that if if this was fought on policy, policy for people, the people, then like it would have been better because that's what people listen to. They don't care that you're not likable anymore. Donald Trump was not likable this election. Like no one liked him because of coronavirus. So we weren't thinking about likable going into this election. People were going for like, well, Biden was going for words, keywords like safe and normal and and American, uh, was it American character and like these buzzwords that people don't give a shit about anymore. So like I, I never thought that those words would get people to vote in mass one way or another, which is why it's so close. OK, and um Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll let you no, 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 no. And because of that, like I, like I was looking very closely at, okay, if if these things are equal, like if if all things being equal, and 
people are not energized by um, by policy, what are the results going to be? Well, Trump's people are going to be energized because they view uh, they view Democrats as existential evil. The Democrats are going to be energized because they think Trump is the is an autocrat and he's trying to destroy America and remake it in his image. Evil. Yeah. So like these two people, these two parties, these two groups are equally invested in a character narrative. Like, so when we're talking about character and we're talking about these buzzwords, both sides have them. You can't defeat someone on character alone. It just won't happen anymore. So I knew it was going to be stupidly close because both sides could spin that evil either way. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm gonna, just, just bear with me for a second. I'm not going to take too much time on this, but I really want to um, unpack a little bit about what you just said. You're saying that the Democrats view the Republican as evil and the Republicans view the Democrats as evil and that the election was basically based on whose character perceived to be better and you can't judge an election on character. Now, going back to 2008 when Barack Obama was elected, you know, Barack Obama was viewed, now I'm not talking about what he did, I'm talking about how he was viewed up to the election as a unifier. Someone who would be willing to cross the party line, regardless if the party that he would be crossing over to would extend a, a handout to him. He was a unifier. Um, and I, I truly and strongly believe, and we'll get into more of this later, um, I'm sure, that if Bernie Sanders was running um, for the Democratic Party, that it would not have been close. It would not have been close at all. Trump would have won in a landslide. I know you disagree. I know, hey, look, I, I, I'm up for this. I'm, I want all the smoke. Um, I'm up for this. And the reason why I say that is because Bernie Sanders appeals to a progressive movement that is, is gaining, gaining momentum in the Democratic Party, but it is not a momentum that has overtaken the party as of yet. Now, I'm not saying that it won't someday, but the moderates would not have, have been as welcoming to Bernie as they would have been to Biden. And this election wasn't on the policy, I agree with you on that, but this election was basically on the character of this country. Not necessarily based on the individual, but the character of this country. A lot of people voted for, for Biden because they didn't like Trump. A lot of people voted for Trump because they don't like the Democratic Party. You know, and I really can't say that if Bernie Sanders was the prime, was the was the, um, the the presumptive, you know, primary candidate for the Democratic Party, that it would have been, that, that they would have been overwhelmingly in his favor. Because one thing that you said that I truly agree on, no one's listening to policy. Because- No, I said no one's saying policy. No one's speaking about policy is what I said. But, you, but wait a minute, during the primary, that's all Bernie talked about was policy. That's all- I'm waiting my about. turn. I know you are, please. Um, that's all Bernie talked about was policy and nobody listened. He, he, nobody listened. And you're saying that Obama came in and, and kind of swayed it and took it? 
I, I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly because people still view, for the hate that Obama may have, people still view him as a unifier. And they look at Trump as a divider. That That's is, the that point. That's the point. That's the point. Like you just said it. Like, oh, like you don't think Barack Obama weighed the scale, but then you said Barack Obama's a unifier. Like you can't have it both ways. And but, you know, what, I, what I'm saying, no, let, let me clarify it real quick. What I'm saying is he doesn't tip the scale in the sense between Bernie and 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 Biden. And you said that the you said that the uh, people weren't listening to policy. I said Bernie. That's all he talked about was policy. But the country is so fractured that they want to unify it. Yeah. The people, on the, a majority of the people, want to unify it. They don't want to divide it, and they're not listening to policy. Because if they did, they would have chose your guy. Go ahead. You shaking your head? Oh, no. Go ahead. No, like this is this is why like liberalism frustrates me greatly because you're saying people weren't listening and i said people weren't talking about like and yeah my guy was talking about it like but the narrative that america needs a unifier was a liberal idea it was an idea that they kept saying and saying and saying and saying and y'all heard it so much that you believe that that's what was that that was what uh, America needed and what America wanted, but that wasn't the case. And, so we're, we're, and, and let me so finish. Ready? Let me okay, finish. So you so said ready? you said that that's what America wanted, but this election has shown that no, they don't. Fifty percent of America does not give a shit about unifying shit which means that it comes down to what can you give me and what can you do for me? And make no mistake, that is what, what's coming next. Now, let's, like, and I'm going to use what I'm saying to transition us into the results. Okay. Because you said that Obama was the unifier at that point of time perceived in the uh, primary. Perceived perceived, perceived perceived unifier. Obama was the reason why Trump exists. Like if, if, if we were to make this into superhero terms, like you have Barack Obama as let's say Spider-Man, like, and Spider-Man used a little bit of that venom. I don't know if you remember the correspondence dinner, but Barack Obama went off on Trump. I remember, I do. And that, that was that little venom. And then Trump took that and then he just, and Trump, for all of his stupidity, he's a genius media personality. Of course. He understands the power of media. He understands the power of division. And people underestimated how far along America was. So Barack Obama was a unifier. He absolutely was. He unified. Remember what you mean about how far America was along. What do you mean by that? How far people along thought, America was? People thought America was done with racism. Okay. Yeah, they were, but yeah, yeah, no, they they did. People were saying, "Oh, we elected a black president. We're so good now." Like, no, we we weren't. And black people, woke black people like yourself and I, we knew. They were like, "Who thought that?" Yeah, because right after right after Obama got elected, Trayvon Martin happened. 
exactly. But but that's the thing. We knew, but your general liberal, your your I like to call them teacup liberals, but some people call them brunch liberals, whatever you want to call them. The liberals that are looking over their coffee down at the common people, they thought racism was over. They thought division was over. No. Barack Obama's existence, his mere existence was a unification. It was a unifier of people that believed that racism was over. It was a unifier for people that hated Barack Obama and black people in general. <laughs> so yeah, like, so I, agree. It, I have no argument to that. So now flashing forward, sorry. And I, I'll, I'll, I will shut up for a second so you can get your piece in here. Like, so what frustrated me about what, about what you just said was that my guy was talking about policy and no one cared or nobody was listening. Um, but when you look at the polling and this is what's happening now, so that's why I'm bringing up the polling now, you know who okay, they yeah. polled? They polled Fox News and Fox, Fox News polled. I'm going to give you a, a couple of rundowns. All right. So Fox News poll. Um, how many of Fox News viewers think that we should change to a government-owned health care plan? 39% of Fox viewers strongly favor it. 33% somewhat favor it. That's 72% of people favor that. Let's go to something else that Bernie Sanders talked about because, you know, he talked about a bunch of policy. Uh, let's talk about Roe versus Wade. Very big deal, right? Yeah. How many people, how many think, uh, how many Fox viewers, largely conservatives, viewed it to stay as it is, that abortion is legal? 71%. How many people it. thought, how many people thought of Fox viewers thought that guns, gun control needed to be more strict? 55%. Another Bernie Sanders policy. What should happen to illegal immigrants in America? Fox viewers said there should be a path to, pathway to citizenship. 72%. I got a quick question for you. How many of those people view were women? How many Fox viewers are women? I think yeah, they, I'm the, I'm the they said they polled at 45% women, 60. Yeah, 45% women. So 55% men, 45% women, uh, representative okay. of the demographic of America. So okay. like, so you have 72% that viewed a pathway to citizenship. Let's, let's go a little bit, like, a little bit forward. He said, um, what's the role of government? Should the government do more or do less? This is conservatives. Conservatives said the government should do more. Should um, America, um, what should happen when it comes to climate change? Are you concerned about it? 46% said very, 26% said, uh, said somewhat. That's 72%, again, concerned about climate change. What was Bernie's main thing? Uh, uh, Green New Deal. Uh, and I'm almost finished, because I know y'all are tired of hearing me talking about numbers. Increasing the government spending on green and new renewable energy. 37% said yes. Uh, sorry, strongly yes. 37% said strongly yes. 33% uh, somewhat favored it. That's again, 70% of people saying that they are for all for green new energy. So when you're talking to me about policies that wouldn't work, that Bernie wouldn't get elected by a landslide, I don't know what, excuse my French, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because in Florida, where it's largely conservative and Trump 
won that state, a progressive policy was on the ballot. And that progressive policy was raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, a main tenet of Bernie Sanders' campaign. And, and I don't know if you realize this, but Biden did not say anything about that in Florida. Trump did not say anything about that in Florida. So both of them distanced themselves from that policy. Trump won on character because all of them liked his character or hated what Biden represented, but they all voted for progressive policy. So what does that tell us? Does that tell us that people are willing to, people are willing to get rid of character if the policy suits them? So this metric that, oh, Bernie would have lost in a landslide because people wanted a unifier. No, people want shit. I want money. I want rights. I want my children to be taken care of. That's what people are thinking. They're not thinking, oh, I need someone who sounds nice. But what do you think? Because maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe. Maybe. Because if people wanted policy so much, and I heard what you said, that the reason that Trump is in office is because there was a Biden. You know, Obama. I'm gonna Obama. I'm sorry. People, the reason why Trump is in office is because there was an Obama. So, what was the policy that Trump had outside of the wall and getting rid of everything that Obama did? I mean, there is no policy with this man. Let me finish. I gave you a moment. Give me a minute. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Take a note. That's what I did. Take note. Um, you know, and what was the policy with Trump? You know, people like Trump for the simple fact that he wasn't Hillary. He wasn't Obama. And they knew, people knew going in that he was a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? But he, what he represented, you know, he was going to drain the swamp. He was going to be, uh, he was going to treat America like a business instead of a country. You know, he was supposed to be this great businessman who's always bankrupt. But yet, people perceive that way. People do not, and I think I've heard you say this before, people do not vote their interests. They don't. You know, and history has shown that. You know, so when you, when you tell me what the fuck am I talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? When you go to the point of saying, um, when you go to the point of saying that people, that Bernie would have won by a landslide, but Bernie couldn't even finish the damn primary. You know, nobody, just a minute, you know, I'll give you a hall pass in a second. But yeah, you know, I don't believe Bernie would have won. And regardless, if Bernie would have gotten into the primary, if Bernie would have won the primaries and went up against Trump, it still would have been what it is. You know, if not by a landslide, it would the country... What I think a lot of people are failing to realize is man, that this country is not the country a lot of people perceive it to be. This country is divided at its core, has been for centuries, you know, and, and people, and I agree with you on the point that you said about Obama, um, you know, that, that people thought that it was going to, that, that since Obama was elected, that it was a kumbaya moment. Matter of fact, at his inauguration, it was a fucking kumbaya moment, you know, but this country is divided. You know, the youth are against the, the, the middle age. The middle age are quite sold by the, the elders, and it's divided, even within itself. 
But when you bring the country together as a whole, you've got what you see today. You know, when it comes to the election, you've got that split down the middle. And I don't think Bernie Sanders, and this is opinionated, this isn't factual. I don't think Bernie Sanders could bring it together. And to your poll, numbers don't lie. People nope. do. People lie. People will say whatever fits the mood and the moment. So to your 70-something, you can throw your eyes out you want to. You know, but you've been on this planet long enough to know that people sometimes will say whatever it takes to get someone out of their damn face. So I believe that's why I asked you the demographics. Was it more women than men? Because I believe more women are for Roe v. Wade than, than men are. I believe that more women are for the government doing more than men are. I believe that more women, you know, um, believe in climate change because women are more willing to believe in science than, than the machoism of men, you know. So that's why I asked you the demographics on that. Um, and furthermore, man, I just, you can't, and I'm going to say it, I don't, you can't convince me that this country is ready for, I'm, when I say ready, I mean just ready. I'm not saying it needs. I believe it needs someone like Bernie Sanders. You're not going to, I mean, I, you, you've convinced me on that much over the past year or two. You know, it needs someone like Bernie Sanders. But the people are ready for it. You know, would the people appreciate it once it happened? Yes. But you have that, those, that staunch Trump base that will never, ever concede to those type of liber, uh, liberal views, progressive views. Now, go ahead, man. You're shaking your head. And, go ahead. All right. I so not agree with anything that I said, but go ahead. I agreed with very little, if nothing, of what you said. I'm um, sure. So, so what was Trump's policy when he got elected to undo Obama? And from day, from day one, from day one, his policies were the inverse of, of Obama's policies. That's a policy. Like you're saying like that, that, that election was about character. No, it wasn't. It wasn't about character. It was about character. Hillary Clinton would have won because all Hillary Clinton talked about was what uh, was about Donald Trump. I, I know you said that this I'm wasn't like right that Trump, that Trump had no policy when he, in 2008, that's what you said. So I'm going I, by the number. I didn't say that uh, Trump Hillary was about character. I said this election was about the character of this nation. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is you were referencing policy to defeat my, my saying that policy, like policy points win. Like where you were like, oh, Trump didn't have a policy, but he won. No, he did have a policy. He had a policy of undoing Obama, and and then not, his policy. It's it, not a policy. That's, that's, let, let, let me say why it's ahead. a policy really quick, really quick. Why it's a policy? Because okay, Obama was for the expansion of green energy. People thought that green energy was self defeating because fuel fossil fuels was um, was a cheaper fuel and it was more uh, energy of, or it was more efficient for people to pay for. So it would be less money out of their pocket. Uh, Obama expanded taxes. People didn't want to pay taxes. Obama expanded uh, government over, or government reach into uh, domains the government hadn't been in before. Conservatives, generally speaking, don't want government overreach. So these are policies. Now they're wrapped up in his rhetoric that doesn't sound like policies, but they are policies. So I I'm going to continue. 
All right. He talked about draining the swamp. It was a lie, but he talked about getting rid of old, the old guard politicians, which everyone loves the, that idea. Liberals and conservatives love the idea of getting rid of these politicians. So the idea of draining the swamp would have been would have been something that people would have really enjoyed if he had not lied. OK, so you said like and, I, and this is the major point that I wanted to stick on to, because this is this was a great point um, that you made that like America is incredibly polarized and they're they are divided and i agree with you it is divided but in the military we learned like maybe the first couple of weeks in the military we learned not through words but through practice and through and and just through our body language and and talk and dealing with things together that nothing unites people like a common enemy. And in the military, when you're in basic training, that common enemy is usually your drill instructor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like he's killing you for weeks. And you're like, yo, I'm gonna end this dude. Like, let's just, let's just all do what he says so we can get out of here. Let's get up early, let's do everything we're supposed to do before yeah. he even tells us to do it. Let's anticipate his command. Exactly. So like we, we understood this implicitly. And I think people understand that implicitly too. The problem is that everybody think is thinking of a different enemy. And we've gotten to the habit of making other Americans our enemy. Yeah. And but where haven't we done that? Well, like that's that's kind of the point. I, I, that's kind of the point of what I'm saying. We've been doing that for so long that we, it's ingrained in many of us, not all of us, because certainly not me, that, mm -hmm. that other Americans are our enemy. This is a lie. This is a lie. And you have to think about where this lie comes from. Now, you can say, oh, racists are my enemies, but I don't view races as Americans because they're not true to the Americans, quote unquote, the American spirit. Like the American spirit, it's supposed to be that we're all that we're all supposed to be in this this fight together. Supposed to be. I understand that it's not that. American was America wasn't built for us, it was built by us. But by virtue of the fact that it was built by us, I feel like we have some say in what America is. So my black skin gives me the liberty to say what America is, and I will work forever to try to make America become that. However, we have been lied to about what the enemy is. The enemy isn't conservative. I mean, the racist, sure. But the enemy is corporations. The enemy is the rich. Not and the rich, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to say all capitalism is bad. <laughs> but, 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 like, I, I think it's the rich, it's the corporations. The same people that are paying liberals are paying conservatives. The same people that are paying teacup liberals like to preach down to, to the working class and the and the blue party, like are the same people that are paying the 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 neocons and conservatives, the high class conservatives in their party to talk down to the red working class people in their party. So the problem with both parties is at the top, there's this this group of elitists that think that they know better. And their narratives become our narratives because we hear nothing different. 
But you know when we heard something different? When Trump said something back in 2016. You know when we heard something different? When Bernie said something back in 2016. And when Bernie said something in 2020. You know, the great, and I'll finish with this um, because I don't want to continue doing soliloquy after soliloquy. The great thing about American politics is occasionally you catch a glimpse of what people, what people actually want. And then you can see the status quo stomping it into the ground. And And when I saw Trump, and I hate like I hated everything he represented. But when I when I saw Trump and how he was energizing his base, it 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 required anyone who's studied politics to take a second and really look at what you're seeing. Ignore ignore the message and and analyze why the message is landing. And do that same thing for Bernie Sanders, and it distills down to one simple, simple thing. That there is a group of people in this country that feel like that they aren't a part of the decision-making of this country. That they are left behind. And if you speak to that group of people, you can get everyone above them to feel the same way. But if you only speak to the elite group of people, Everyone below that will resent you. And the problem with liberals, and not just, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about those elitist liberals, those cancel culture liberals. The problem with those people is they talk down to people all the time. And the working class people is fucking tired of that. You want, like, you want to see pissed off people go to a black, like a black city and see that all of their city council members are white. Ask any of those people, any of those black people, are they happy with their city government? And I can guarantee you they'll say no. No matter how much the political parties are aligned, no one wants to be talked down to. And the reason why Trump was so loved was because he didn't talk down to those people. He talked to what they wanted. The reason why the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs and the um, Cory Bushes and the, uh, and the Talibs, the reason why they win, the reason why people love them is because they speak directly to what the people want and what the people need from their leaders. And my problem with this election, the reason why I was so close was because you said it yourself, Biden is a gaffe machine. He's afraid to speak. Why are you afraid to speak your mind? Because what is on your mind does not serve you to win. And if all you're concerned about is winning, then you are a loser. Because nothing, nothing speaks to, the, to your spiritual corruptness more than not speaking your mind for fear of losing. Like, I've never thought to myself, oh, I better shut up. I don't want people to, I don't want people to dislike me. No, I've always thought, hey, I better shut up because this won't serve me like this won't serve me to, to make my, my ends justify the means. I won't be able to create what I'm trying to create by talking. Mm-hmm. Every time I've thought, oh, I'm going to lose if I talk, I've already lost. But that's, that's what then. No, 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 you good. That's what anything. If you go in thinking that you might lose, then there's a high probability that you would. Well, football game, fight, 
talking, a date, whatever the case may be. You know, if you go in thinking that this ain't going to turn out right, you know, you just elevated the probability of it not turning out right. Um, man, where to begin? Um, I'm going to go back to the very beginning when I said that I had a feeling of apathy uh, towards, this re- towards this election. And um, the reason, one of the reasons why I said that, and I'm going to elaborate on the original. There's nothing that's going to there's nothing that's going to change in regards to uh, certain communities in America by Biden or Trump being elected. You know, a lot, a lot of people believe that something will change and that things are going to get a little bit better. Or they're not going to be as bad. As bad isn't good enough. I'm apathetic. Boom. Boom. I'm, I'm apathetic because the black community and the lower class and the lower income working communities are not going to benefit. You know, there's some points that you made that I do agree with. You know, um, I agree that, you know, Bernie Sanders and the AOCs and the uh, Cory Bookers and so on and so forth speak to the people. You know, so, but I also, when I think of Trump, he speaks to a people too. You know, and you said something about, um, Americans have to stop believing the lie that we are each other's enemy, you know, and I don't know, I don't have the wherewithal or the intelligence to get to the point to where, how we do that. You know, the only time, and you, and you spoke to it when um, you mentioned uh, about basic training, uh, the only time that we stop viewing ourselves as the enemy is when we have a, uh, a crisis, you know, when there's an event that happens that that forces us to galvanize together um even as bad off as this country is right now with uh social injustice and uh, a pandemic it, it wasn't enough to galvanize us together in, in fact it tore us even further apart you know and i don't dis i mean i disagree with you a lot out of sport sometimes you know but you know that I agree with you that, yeah, Bernie probably would have been a better president, you know, but I don't, I still don't believe, and there's nothing that you'll ever be able to say that'll convince me that he would have won uh, this particular election, you know, and to be perfectly honest with you, my suggestion um, to the progressives out there is to rally yourself up a leader who could come back in 2024 or 2028 to uh to do it but all that's a moot point because if you're not if you don't have a progressive senate to go to go along with um to go along with an executive branch it's all going to be for nothing and that's what biden is going to face with with this you know if he wins we don't know yet we don't we don't know yet we don't know but (laughs) like if biden wins he'll have to deal with possibly a Republican Senate that will prevent him from putting anything into play, you know? And if Bernie won, wouldn't he have the same Republican Senate to deal with? You know, that's rhetorical. 
Um, I think that no matter what, yeah, no matter what, um, no matter what the outcome is going to be of this election, the people who need the most help won't get it. You know, that's why I'm apathetic about it. I don't give a damn if Bernie Sanders was elected. The people who need the most help won't get it. Some people, and here's the reality of it all. Some people are going to die because of the outcome of this election. Yeah. Some people, some people are still going to have to make a decision on: Do I continue to pay this super astronomical insurance, or do I buy food? Yeah. These are the realities. We can sit back and argue about policy and character and so on. None of that shit's going to put food on the table. No, none of that shit's going to stop Ray Ray from killing Pookie tonight. You know, those are the issues that, you know, those are the issues that, that should be hitting home the most, you know? But that's, those a, are that's the, policy, though. That's policy. I understand, I understand that's policy, but none of those policies, even voting, if he would have been elected, listen, before you make faces at me. He, no, he no, I'm voted, listening. But if Bernie would have made, would have been elected, he would have had so many obstacles until those policies reached down to the west end of Louisville. That they would have never seen it. You know, the, these are the issues that, that that concern me more so than you know some of the other rhetorical bullshit that keeps being thrown across all the news networks. I don't give a damn who the president is, to be perfectly honest. For the simple fact that shit's still gonna be fucking. Show me one that's gonna really help us, and then show me that same one where everyone's gonna vote for. That the people are going to get by, and that it's going to work. And I, I don't see that. You know, and call me, you know, doom and gloom or whatever the case may be. But I'm going to call me a realist because in my half a century on this planet, you know, I, I've gone, I've, I've lived through what Nixon, Ford, Carter, um, Reagan, two Bushes, four years of a, eight years of a Clinton, eight years of Obama. You know, at Trump, I've yet to see the black community benefit in my lifetime from a president. So I'm apathetic. Yeah, you damn right I'm apathetic. And I hope something comes out in the end, but I don't foresee it. That's my philosophy. All right, so I'll, I'll clean up some things. Lyndon B. Johnson helped black people quite a bit. Um, in my lifetime. 68? I was born in 69. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> All right. So, um, and also, like, there is something that presidents have that allow them to wield immense amount of power. It's called the bully pulpit. And no matter what president it is, they, uh, they can wield that power, that one power that no other president has. And that is the president steps outside, the world is listening. And you can get a lot done when you have the people behind you and the world is listening. Trump was able to pass a tax bill that affected nobody but the rich. How? Like, it had to have passed both houses of Congress. How did that happen? Like, it's not because everyone agreed with him. Like, the House was Democratic. 
the Senate was Republican. How did that happen? The bully pulpit. It's part of it's the bully pulpit, but it's also that a lot of times with these bills, they'll put other stuff in it that say the Democrats might want. You know, yeah. the bill just pass on its face. You know, there's other yeah. stuff. Going, it's like you got a chicken dinner, but you also got. I know this. Yeah, I know it. this. <laughs> like so, I know, like so, I know that there's a bunch of earmarks, and, and it no, there's no clean bill. Like I understand that right. concept. So, so, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you about the bully pulpit. But the reason a Democratic House would side with a with a Republican bill um, sometimes has a lot to do with the earmarks and the stuff that's added to it. You know? Yeah, but what I'm saying is we can think of a way to help people. Like, for example, the stimulus to help fucking people right now. Like, this is what I've been thinking about for like, you know, months because I'm thinking about my family in the States, thinking about like people that are affected by all this. Like, I got people in industries that just don't exist anymore. Um, and I think like they could have done something to help these people. They could have done something to, to fix these things. No one did anything. No one. Like the president could have just said to Senate, yo, you're going to pass this or I will be running in your state against you. And yeah, when, when you look, when, and I, that's what I'm saying. That's part of the bully pulpit. When, when you're the president, especially when you're a freshly elected president. Now, now he's at the end of his term polling was ah, so they weren't really listening to him but biden's at the beginning of his term so let's use biden as the example because all sorts of purposes he's going to win barring like crook so right like so he's gonna he's gonna win he's gonna have an immense amount of power his first year first year only because that second year people start uh, people start running for Congress and running for Senate. Um, so there'll be a couple of, uh, a couple of seats that are um, going to be up for election and people are less likely to do things around that time because they're afraid that it might be politically consequential. So his first year, he has, he has one chance to get something big done. Like, what is, what is that big thing going to be? Now, you say to yourself, you're apathetic because there's nothing that's going to affect your community down to a micro level. Pookie's going to still kill Ray Ray. Like, I dare say that that is a community issue, but that's a community issues that's, that's derivative of policy that should be handled at the highest levels. Like opportunity is unavailable. So people fight for the scraps, the scraps that are thrown down from the high table. Like, and by the time it even gets to the ground, like it's rotted. Like that's why the people are dying. Like, so I understand your apathy and I can't feel apathy. It's not in me to not care about people. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I, my mother's son and I feel too much. It's why I yell and I scream and I curse and I cry more than she likes and more than I'm comfortable with. Mm. Like, but I can't, I can't be apathetic about this, even to people that are in the Republican Party, like even when they believe things that I hate, like I have to believe that there's some part of them that wants to be free, 
that wants their children to prevail, that wants their children to have a, a, a clean earth. And if there's a sliver of them that wants that for their children, they might not be redeemed, but their children might be saved. Like, you know, that's, um, that's just me. Sorry. No, 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 no. No need to apologize for being you. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, 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 I was speaking real passionately and maybe I said something that, 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 that wasn't clear. I'm apathetic about the election. Not about oh, okay. people. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I am my father's son. And I care about people. You know, yeah. I've gone to three funerals. Well, I've gone to two funerals and um, been to, uh, you know, try to get to the hospital to see one of my friend's sons who was shot. Another one of my friend's sons was murdered. And then just last week, another one of my friend's little brothers was murdered. You know, um, this is all in the span of two months. You know, I'm not apathetic about people. You know, um, I'm apathetic about, you know, the way this government functions in regards to its people. I'm I agree. Apathetic. I'm apathetic that the system, no matter how hard we fight, no, no matter how, how high we achieve, that it all comes down. I mean, the way the system is designed, and I'm not going to go into a civics lesson or anything like that, um, you know, with the electoral colleges and and so on and so forth. Um, I, I just don't see how um, how anyone could 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 just really be completely passionate about an election that in the in the end, you know. And, and I'm a wait and see type of guy for the most part. But the older I get, the more cantankerous I get in regards to politics. Um, you know. You were right when you said, and I know I'm all over the place, but you were right when you said that both parties, Republican and Democrat, liberal and conservative, have their hand in corporate pockets, you know, and that 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 capitalism, um, in my opinion, and you can call me a socialist, I, I said I'm for it, um, is what's destroying, what's, what's destroying the fabric of this country, you know, and then a lot of people, you know, the Trump supporters, the, his core base. You know, and um, I don't really care if I offend anyone when I say this, you know, is, is, is lightweight ignorance, you know, to vote for a guy who doesn't have your interest. His core base, at most point, is, is poverty stricken. Yeah. yeah. Um, a friend of mine the other day said, man, I was on 65. That's the interstate between, you know, here and, and Louisville. Um, seen about six trucks with big Trump flags, you know, going down the interstate, blowing their horn and, you know, just swerving in and out of lanes. This ignorant shit, you know, just, just completely ignorant. You know, um, I just, I'm just, I'm sick of it all. I want this to be over to some degree. You know, I hope that, I'm hopeful in a way that um, Biden does follow through and does come through for um, for America, I hope that there is a, if at all possible, a reunification of the country to some degree. You know, I know some people just aren't going to join hands. You know, not everybody who stands by you will hold your hand. You know, not everybody is willing to stand by you for that matter. You know, but um, 
when it comes to Bernie Sanders and the progressive part of the Democratic Party, you know, um, I hope y'all have a plan coming up. You know, um, I hope y'all can yeah. energize, you know, the country in a way to where you can win people over completely. You know? Well, sadly, what you what you just said is my greatest fear. And that's that feeling. I just want this to be over. Like, there are a lot of people that feel that way. And that feeling is why Republicans will win again. Um, and like that feeling of just being exasperated and just tired of this and like, oh, I just want to go back to the days where I don't have to think about who's president. I just want to go back to the days where I don't have to turn on the news and see the president say something dumb. Like, yeah, those days were so great. Wait a second. My people were still dying. Poverty was still a thing. Pe like people or we're still getting their rights taken away. Um, there's still an existential threat of international, uh, of international proportions going on. Oh, and by the way, that person in office doesn't give a fuck about me. Wow. Back to normal. When I say I want it to be over. Not, it's not you, Dad. No, Dad, it's no, no, not no, you. No, no, I'm not speaking to me. I'm just saying, and I think that a lot of people can agree with this because I'm talking to a lot of older people. You know, well, they would probably slap me for saying that. Um, <laughs> I'm speaking to some of my elders, aunts and uncles and so forth. And I asked them, this is the other night, I said, are y'all watching the, um, the decision? And, um, you know, one of my aunts, she said, I, I'm just sick of it. I just don't want to watch it. You know, I don't want to hear his voice anymore. Some didn't want to, um, didn't want to uh, watch the uh, debate, the last debate and whatnot. And I felt them in the sense to where, what else can he say? What else can they say at this point that will move the needle left or right? You know, and as far as um, watching the, the outcome, and I admit, I, today I've been watching old reruns of The Wire, and, and every now and then I would click back over and see what the outcome is. You know, but am I glued to it? No, I just want you know, make a decision. Whoever's going to be it, let it be it. And, you know, but it's not like I've always felt that way. Yeah. You know, there was a time where I was, you know, I'm not going to say exactly like you, but I was invested, you know. Yeah. And to some degree, I still am when it comes to issues like health care and uh, criminal justice and social justice and things of that nature. Um you know, because of, you know, I have black sons and I have parents, you know, um, so I have a vested interest. However, um, the, the mechanism that is the American government tends to wear you down. You know, it, it tends to yes. have the, tends to have, and, I'm, and, and that's where your generation comes in, you know, because I remember a time well, my grandfather would, would watch the news on, you know, at the, on the edge of his seat, arguing with the TV. Then I can recall a time when he wouldn't even turn the damn news on. You know, there, there comes a time when it's always going to be your fight, but you don't have to be the one fighting. You know? And, and, and I mean, maybe you don't get that yet. And, I get and, it. I, yeah, it's just, you know, it's I, just interesting. Like, because I remember we had this conversation in February, no, March or May, where mm -hmm. I said, 
Like, it's our turn. It's our turn. And you say, no, we're not done yet. Like, we're not. No, we're, when I say, when I, we're not done, hmm. but we're not on the foot. We shouldn't be the ones on the front lines. You're right. You're right. You shouldn't be on the front lines because I know I know how you are. You you will jump on it. Um, (laughs) There's no trap in this one. There's there's no trap here. Like that. I don't want you to think that that was trying to trap you. He's he's ever foot. He's hunting rabbit. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think it's coming to the point to where you know we need to take a step back and let y'all step up. However. That doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to sit in our easy chair and just let y'all have it, you know, because mm. we still have, hell, I'm, I'm banking on at least another 30, 40 good years yeah. left, you know. Yeah. Uh, so our fight isn't over, but it's time for the next, you know. So when we have a 77-year-old president, a 72-year-old president, you know, uh, Bernie is how old? How old, was Ber- how old is Bernie? 72. 72, okay, 72, I think we need a 40-year-old. I think we need a 50-year-old. I think we need someone with fresh ideas who has a, who has a, not a sympathetic, but who has an empathetic ear to the older generation, but yet still has a firm footing in where he is with his generation, but yet is willing to reach for the next generation. You know, for so long, we our politics have been about, you know, holding on to something, mm-hmm. you know, to, to bring things back, make America great again, to, yes, we can. And what are, we need to be functional, moving, you know, in, in a direction that benefits not just one group of people, but everybody, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, Again, back to apathy, I don't see that coming from either one of these two guys. You know, and yeah. as long as we have a Republican Senate, I don't expect anything. You know, because when they when they were pushing for this Supreme Court justice to be um, nominated, they could have been pushing for that uh, stimulus package that she was just talking about. You yep. know, um, things old, boy Mitt, old boy Mitch over there. Bitch McConnell. Bitch just stated today that the economy is at 6.9%, which is good enough to where a stimulus package shouldn't be as big as the last one. He said the economy is on a comeback, not realizing that with flu season, that the coronavirus is getting worse. You know, well, I mean, people- let's not even let's let's not even do that. Let's let's take it back to a second and say. Who the fuck says the, the stock market has anything to do with common people? This is exactly. why I hate politicians. Like, no, it, it, at some point it did. When the, stock mar- when the stock market, excuse me, was based on consumers and, and true scarcity, mm-hmm. like then that's when it mattered. When, when what you were buying and what everyone was buying was affecting, affecting the stock market, that's when the stock market was a good barometer for how people are doing. But, but since government pays the market and the government does not pay the people, nor does it care about the people, nor does it make tax policy that affects the people, we now have a stock market that is not a barometer for how the common person is doing. So 
if you're one of those people that the stock market affects, you are in the minority. You are not the majority of people who are down here. So when Bitch McConnell is talking about, well, the market's doing so great now, I don't have to do anything. Bitch, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yes, and you do. Because everyone is suffering. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone is suffering. I, um, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm so upset. I'm so upset with Kentucky. I'm so, I'm so upset. And you heard me, like, and you saw me say something on Facebook about it. But, like, I, I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen because I knew who was running against Mitch McConnell and what she stood for. And she, and I'm going from the tangent from our national spotlight and go to a local, uh, a local uh, spotlight, but this is a microcosm of what the greater election is. When you have a can- an uninspiring candidate who is trying to run in the middle and capture people from both sides, you're not going to get as much success is for is someone who is firmly rooted in what they believe in and having a pa- and has a passionate base behind them. You're just not awesome. now. Now, when you had uh, what was the the guy's name from? Was his name Booker too? From uh, Charles, from yeah, Charles, Charles Booker. Booker. Yeah, like so when he was running, he had passion. He had yeah, he had the extremity of the base, but he also had every black person behind him that yeah. knew what he stood for and mm-hmm. i don't give a shit how kentucky's demographics are if you have all the black people and you have some white people you win but if you got some black people and some white people you lose you look and see and this was the perfect summer for it this was this would have been his time because this yes. is one of the rare times where white folks was out there with black folks and you know put like we were popular this summer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you know, black was, you know, the thing to be, you know, so to say, um, when it came for white folks wanting to to stand beside us. I mean, there yeah. were some um, some rallies that you had more white folks at than you did black people. Yeah, you and know? it was it was That's all because awesome. it was all because of the Breonna Taylor um, situation. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, and I'm going to say this for all you listen out there, it's going to arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Like, so like, let's, let's make no mistake. I haven't forgotten. Like no one should forget this bitch Breonna is still on the run and he needs to be in chains. So, say her name. so back to our regular schedule programming, like when you put like in ahead of all of this, you have this great black leader and then the the democratic party of kentucky decides to throw their money behind this and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything rude i'm just gonna say (laughs) she's a brother and she's a marine yeah that's all our i that's that's the type of shit that i'm glad is over because i had to hear that shit every time i cut on the tv i Turn the radio on in the truck. I'm a mother and I'm a marine. So the and what is that it? <laughs> is that it? You know, I'm a father and I'm a soldier. Your point. Yeah. 
So, yo, I'm a, like, I'm a Sagittarius and I like potatoes. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Tell me what you stand for. Yeah, but it, 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 go, it goes to the point that it goes back to your point. And I'm going to give you some kudos right here. It goes back to your point. When you said that the Democratic Party backed her, the Democratic Party knew what they were doing here in Kentucky. They knew what they were doing. They knew that the state of Kentucky was not going to vote her in. Yep. They wanted, they, they wanted, man, they wanted Mitch McConnell to be reelected for whatever reason. I don't know. Because you know, he's and, an easy enemy. He's an easy enemy to run, to raise money against. That's why. Like when you have Mitch McConnell on the other side, you can raise a ton of money. Yeah. You look yeah. at how, did you see how much money she raised in the last two weeks up to the election? She banked up. Where is that money going? Pray yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah. Back to the Democratic Party. I mean, I don't, I don't claim to know anything about campaign finance. No, but that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. It goes back to the party's uh, treasure chest. But here's, that's my problem with these elections. And people out there who are listening to us, I'm transitioning us into what's happening going forward because we talked about what's happening now. So this, what I'm about to say is going to transition us into what's going forward. This is why the next election, um, not the next, like uh, the midterm election, next midterm election is going to be huge. The next midterm election is going to be huge because we're going to have to really, we're going to have to really reckon with the fact that our election system requires some updating. Our election system requires um, a focus on the people and our election system like needs to focus on policy this time. And you're going to hear a bunch of people and I'm talking to you people out there and I'm talking to my father. You're going to hear a bunch of people say, now is not the time to talk about um, all the problems in the parties. Now is not the time to talk about all the things we could and should do. We should all be thinking about this victory and relaxing and feeling God. togetherness. And I, I am begging all of you that if anyone says that to them, you take your five fingers and you lower four of them. Because there is no way that with black people dying in the streets, there is no way with people being denied their right to vote, there's no way with the threat to women's rights to their bodies, there's no way with China waiting in the waters off the coast of an ally in Japan, there's no way with North Korea developing new types of missiles, there's no way with this, this coronavirus still running rampage around the entire earth, that this is the time to relax and enjoy this victory. Fuck you. It's time I to fight. That. <laughs> <second>. Fuck you. <laughs> so I, 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 and I apologize again, because we have some viewers out there that are sensitive to when I, when I start dropping the bombs, you can drop all the bombs you want. When I start dropping the bombs, people are like, whoa, 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 what is he doing? So, but yeah, that's um, yeah, yeah. You know, be respectful. Your mother's listening. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, your mom's listening. But my thing, I, I agree with you. You know, if Biden wins this election, which is looking like he just might, he needs to put his foot on the gas. 
He needs to put his foot on the gas. You know, um, there's no reason why things should be. It shouldn't be more of the same. It shouldn't. It shouldn't yeah. be more of the same. You know. So, what are your projections uh, going forward? So, um, so looking at like what what's happening in the Senate right now. Right now, um, the numbers are sitting at. Um, well, around 45, 46 right now. So um, we're still waiting for the results of Georgia, um, which there's going to be a runoff in Georgia. So um, Georgia, Georgia is going to have a runoff election, and that's going to involve um, Loeffler and I believe um, the black gentleman um, from uh, Georgia. Uh, I think it's like Ma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Warnock, I think. Yeah, so I like think that's going to go into a, a runoff election. So it's yet we have yet to know how the Senate is going to be, um, but it's safe to say that it's going to be a slim majority for um, Republicans, which that can be good when we have an independent. Um, we have an independent uh, independent senator in Maine and an independent senator in Alaska. It's possibly we can sway them based on the bully pulpit and how things are working on the ground. That's how I think see, see things going forward in the Senate. Um, I'm going to do Senate, then I'm going to do House, I'm going to do President, and then I'm going to do policy, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you. And it's going to be short. I won't drone on. Go ahead, go ahead. So for the House, Pelosi has already put in her bid to be the Speaker of the House again next year. And for those of you who don't know or have not been able to infer how I feel about Pelosi. Pelosi, I hate her. I hate her with a passion because she represents everything that is wrong with liberal politics. While you all suffered during the pandemic, she was doing interviews about how much ice cream she has in her refrigerator. While you were like, while you were suffering the effects of hurricanes, people in the American South, she was talking about how the green dream or whatever you call it has no effect on people, even though climate change affects black people and low income people more than anybody else on this planet. She thinks didn't nothing we, of you. Didn't we do a show about how the forest fires and climate change affects uh, lower income and black folks? Yes, we did. And she so. and she does not care about any policy that affects that. So mm. she doesn't care about that policy. I don't care about her. So there, she's going to be running for the next Speaker of the House. And I pray, like, I pray that somebody, please, AOC, runs against her. Be because nice. I want to see her gone. And that goes for you, too, in the Senate, uh, Schumer. But we're not going to talk about you because you're not even going to be uh, a problem if I can get AOC as Speaker of the House. But... If ALC does not get Speaker of the House, you can bet she's going to run for Senate against Schumer, and Schumer will lose. Now, moving on to President. Oh, sorry. By the way, a, bu a bunch of Republicans won in the House, but the House majority is still Democrats. For the people out there that are listening, this won't be a problem in the foreseeable future, but it's something to pay attention to because it means that Republicans are now embracing a populist message that Democrats need to hurry up and, uh, hurry up and also embrace or they're going, to they're going to lose the future. Now, going to the president. With Biden poised to win, all he needs to do is nothing. 
apparently. That's what everyone wants us to believe. And here's what's actually going to happen. And my prediction what's going to happen. Now, don't call me a conspiracy theorist, but I just think I have an idea of what, how it's going to play out. Biden will probably step down in two, maybe three years. And Kamala, or, uh, Kamala Harris, excuse me, will, will become the president. I hate this idea too, because, and the reason why I hate this idea is because for those of you who have a very, very, very short memory, um, Kamala Harris didn't do so well in the, uh, in the presidential primaries. Why? Because she's all over the place. She doesn't know what she believes. And um, she's an opportunist, not to mention she's a cop and cops aren't held in high regard right now. Um, so all of all the people to be punished in the state for which she was the attorney general, Black people suffered the most. Low-income people suffered the most. So she was so like she she held tech companies and corporations in such high regard that they were able to get away with pretty much anything when she was attorney general. So my prospects of her being the president after Biden, not loving it. So as my father said, progressives need to get on their game and try to uh, energize people and. And this is my lead in to that. And I'll be finished with my projections of the future. Right now, there's a big push for a new party, the People's Party, led by one of my favorite people, Nina Turner. And if you want a glimpse at what a future fight for the presidential primary is going to be, because make no mistake, the Democratic, uh, the Democratic president will be primaried. If you want to see, uh, catch a glimpse of what that's going to look like, check out Nina Turner, because y'all won't be able to say anything when it's black woman versus black woman. All you'll be able to say is what she believes versus what she believes. And damn, Kamala Harris is in trouble. Dad? Well, I mean, gosh. Um, I'm going to start with the, uh, with the president. It's funny that you said what you said about um, Biden stepping down, because I had I have the same type of feeling that, you know, and I, I'm not you know wishing any bad on anybody, but I just have a feeling that he may not make it through this um, his full term, um, and Kamala ends up Kamala ends up um, president, um, which to me is kind of I don't know, man. I'm on I'm on the fence with that one. Um, Scary, 50% scary, 50% optimistic. One of one, no, wishful thinking in one hand and, and lightweight terrified in the other. You know, mm. wishful thinking that she, that she pans out to be something um, magnificent, but I can't argue with what your uh, analysis of her was in the primary. Um, for the far as policies go, um, I don't hold out too much hope as yeah. long as long as the Senate is. I'm not up on my uh, executive orders on what orders could be made executive, um, what things could pass. Um, I do think Biden will take some liberties and pass some executive orders that may benefit America as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm hopeful in that in that area. Um, you know, one of the things that I hope outside of social justice and healthcare is that those children get taken care of down at the border um, that are being still being held in cages. Um, 
I think that he will be better with coronavirus. Yeah. I think he will take a lot more seriously than uh, Trump did. Hard not uh, to be more serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. Me and you could do a better job. Um, I think uh, the Senate is going to be powerful, of course. I think it's yeah. going to be more of the same. Um, I think we'll see a return to um, the type of Senate we had under um, Obama. You know, they will be hostile and belligerent towards Biden. Um, I hope his spine can sure up and take it, you know, um, which is one of the problems I had with Obama. I think yeah. he took more he took more shit off of him than he should have. And you know, and I, hope Obama, I hope I hope Biden um, you know, is meets the uh, meets the force that they're gonna bring towards him. Um as far as the Congress, I, I agree with you. I'm not a fan of Pelosi. Um I would love to see AOC. I think that shit would be comedy and good theater if AOC ended up um, speaker of the house um, I'm a, <laughs> I am a definite fan I follow her on Twitter I will wake up in the middle of the night and read her tweet um, I, I, I like I like her head you know and I think that um, potentially potentially her future is bright you know yeah. if um, if enough people will get the hell out of the way you know, we used to have a saying, leave, follow, I get the hell out of the way. You Absolutely. Know? And uh, I hope people start getting the hell out of the way. Um, but my overall feeling um, for the future with Biden as president is um, cautiously, extremely cautiously optimistic. You know, um, and that's basically based on how worse could it get? You know, how much worse could it get? And, and I probably shouldn't, let me knock on some wood. I probably shouldn't have said that like that, you know, because usually life shows you how worse it can get. I yeah, mean, yeah it does. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, just I think people were saying off. that about Trump before 2020. People were saying that about Trump. They were like, well, this is as bad as it can get. <laughs> but wait, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> you know, we got coronas and, and knees on necks and, all kinds of shit in store for you for 2020. Well, I'm hoping yeah. 2021 is not a sequel. Um, yeah. You know, so, but, I mean, I'm, oh, man, this country is at a, uh, in my opinion, this, this country is at a tipping point. It could, it could go to the point or the brink of, I don't know, civil war to one extreme, or it could somehow... I don't know, hopefully uh, reunify itself, if that, which I doubt is possible, but, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I've, I've, lived, I've lived long enough to be cautious about anything that's new or anything that comes upon us um, unexpectedly. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with the, the, the caution. Um, the skepticism about or the skept the skeptic the skeptical optimism. Um, yeah. optimism. Yeah, I think and I think like on these on these points um, we'll leave things. But um, if you if you permit me, some final words and some advice to the people that are at home. By um, me. So, my father and I obviously um, we disagree on on a few things. Um, and we agree on a great many. 
Um, but there are going to people be people that you disagree with vehemently and um, people that you have a great many differences from. And in the past four years, it has been our practice to say, fuck those people. <laughs> and those people are the enemy. And some people will tell you now that now is the time to embrace those people and to bring them in and to hold them and hug them. I'm not one of those people. Fuck those people. So I am tired of a, I'm, a, I'm tired of the policy of Democrats having to be kind and fluffy to Republicans while Republicans shit on us for four straight years. No, this is why, this is why Democrats lose all the time. This is not the time to hug your conservative. This is your time to punish them. Punish them with facts. Punish them with policy. Punish them with the bully pulpit. But this whole, we are all friends and allies thing, we are all Americans. We are not all friends. We have to all take care of this country together. We all have the responsibility of keeping this country afloat. But that doesn't mean that your neighbor might not be doing something that could be sinking this country. Do not fall into the trap that Pelosi and the other neoliberals will tell you that we need to embrace our neighbor and bring them in. Fuck that. The fight's not over. Like my, Our people are still getting killed and you can still get coronavirus. We are fighting. Like, and they need to decide whether or not they are going to fight with us, to fight us, or to move out of the way. I would suggest they move. Hey, I, can I just add something? Yeah. And, and, and I take everything you say seriously. But I just want to say um, to the people out there, I love my son, but I like him even more. You know, because um, he had me thinking that he was going to say some kumbaya bullshit for a minute. But when he <laughs> said, fuck him, oh, yeah, I'm with him on that. You know, hey, hey I'm not going to ask you what you say because I don't want to take away from what you said. But, man, I did that. I did what you said. <laughs> Yeah, I can see. I can see the look on your face. You were like, you were like, you were like, oh man, here he goes with this whole. <laughs> no. Yeah, when you when you said fuck that, I'm like, yes, that's my man. You know, but yeah, I agree. What a so, better way to wrap. Yeah, so we're back. You know, like I don't know if you guys were wondering when we were gonna be back, but we're back now. I'm I'm all moved in. Like I'm all settled. I gotta. I have a paid subscription to, to the service for which we are recording this from. So we are back and we are going to, con we're going to continue to hit you with what you need to wake up. Okay. So this is Dopio. I'm Dante. I'm Donnell. And we will see you next week. Later. Peace.